Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. The Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. You know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you, listens to me. And whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. There's a story about two missionaries who were going door to door. They knocked on the door of one woman who was not happy to see them. She told them in no uncertain terms that she did not want to hear their message and slammed the door in their faces. To her surprise, however, the door did not close and in fact, almost magically bounced back open. She tried again, really putting her back into it this time and slammed the door again with the same amazing results. The door bounced back open. Now convinced that one of the missionaries was sticking their foot in the door, she reared back to give it a third slam. She felt this would really teach them a lesson. But before she could act, one of them stopped her and politely said, Ma'am, before you do that again, you really should move your cat. <laughs> now, I just want to, I'm assured that no cats were injured in the telling of this story 
or the creating of the story. Well, I don't know about you here in Almaden, but Kathleen and I haven't received visits from Mormon LDS missionaries for years. And indeed, several years ago, their church began using the internet and social media more, rather than just having them walk through a neighborhood and knocking on doors of non-members' homes. They also started spending more of their time in LDS chapels, giving tours and answering questions from people who might be interested in their faith. There will continually be improvements in the way we perform our missionary work, said Elder Jeffrey Holland at the time. The church must adapt to a changing world. People who may not be as open to the missionaries, someone they don't know knocking on their door, may be a lot more open to a friend on Facebook or someone they have a connection to, said member Kalen Orgill. Well, today's gospel represents a significant change, a new next step in the mission of spreading the gospel, the good news. And we get the first clue of how big this change is in the first five words. The Lord appointed 70 others. In numerical terms alone, that's a huge jump from 12 to 70. Jesus had originally called 12 disciples to follow him, to travel with him, to learn from him, all preparing them to become apostles, that is, those who were sent out. They went from becoming disciples, that word means followers, to apostles sent out as missionaries to share and continue the good work of Jesus' ministry. They became Jesus' ambassadors, his representatives. And the number 12 represented the number of Israel's tribes. But now Jesus knows it's expansion time. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, he says. The original 12 apostles still have their special role, and we see that, of course, throughout the Gospels. But now, at this moment, Jesus is appointing 70 others. 70 was the number of elders appointed by Moses to help him lead and direct his people through the wilderness. As Moses needed more helpers, so does Jesus. And further, when Luke is writing this, 70 was considered to be the number of nations in the world. So Luke, with his universal view, is looking forward to the day when the good news of Jesus will be brought to all the nations of the earth. A lot more, of course, right now. Having established that it is time for his ministry to expand to new places, we might say today, you know, new markets, <laughs> Jesus gives some basic warnings and instructions and advice. These include, C, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. When we step up and we speak out, we stand up, we risk being criticized. We see examples of that all the time. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals. Of course, the modern expression we use is travel light, travel light. It's enough to simply share the love of Christ in all you think and all you do and all you say. You don't have to have a, a lot of materials to help you do that. 
And of course, it's the faith of going out, trusting that God will provide and care for them. Greet no one on the road. Greetings in Jesus' day were lengthy. They could go on for a long time. Here he's saying, don't get sidetracked in small talk. Don't get distracted from your focus, your mission, your destination. Remembering that our Lord is leading and directing and accompanying us. Remember those wonderful words, lo, I am with you always. That can help us follow these and all the instructions that Jesus gives to the disciples, this new group of recruits to be sent out. But the instruction Jesus gives in our gospel that I want to focus on this morning is this, three words. Cure the sick. And then he says to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom of God has come near you. Cure the sick. What comes to mind when we hear that command? If we think of curing the sick as only something for, you know, medical professionals on the one hand, or made for television miracle healing preachers, some of them very effective on the other, we might be a little perplexed, even put off. Who me? Cure the sick? But listen to what one commentator has written, which expands our understanding of what cure the sick might mean. Quote, it should be very significant for Christian life today that the only specific action Jesus commands in this gospel is to cure, or he uses the word heal, the sick. Increasingly, for contemporary Christians, the healing ministry is strong and widespread, and that's so true. Almost every parish I've been to since retirement um, has had a healing ministry, healing prayers, some sort of recognition that there's a way to take care for each other. That's part of our pastoral care healing lists, prayer lists. Furthermore, there is the real realization that in a frantic, intense world, the great power of the Christian faith can be there to bring healing to the lives of individuals, the healing of fears, the healing of angers, the healing of anxieties. And there's plenty of fear, and anger, and anxiety in the world right now. Perhaps just as valuable, he concludes, is the ability of Christian faith to bring a renewed sense of meaning and purpose into people's lives. Just bringing to others a sense of meaning and purpose, that's healing. That's giving them hope. Gives us hope when we receive it. So I think that when we think about what brings us healing, we can perhaps better imagine what might bring healing to others and how we can create help create conditions for them by thinking about what brings me healing. And maybe that'll give me a clue of how to bring others healing. So just think for a moment, what, what brings you healing? I just started writing a list here. Any time spent in God's wilderness, including this beautiful Almaden Valley and the beautiful walks you could take here with my family, that brings me healing. And of course, all the times growing up with my children when we went out to the national parks, that brought us all healing. As much as I enjoy it, I enjoyed it again this morning, the Washington National Cathedral online, in person, Sunday morning worship with others brings me healing. And I know some of you can't come, but don't give up on coming in person. 
This brings me healing, and I think music and singing together, not just in the shower, brings me healing. Laughter brings me healing with others. Running, well, now walking. And writing brings me healing. I miss those days. Praying for others and knowing that people are praying for you, that brings me healing. Really good book, I mean a really good one that has some meat on it, or a movie brings me healing. Good memories bring me healing. And now with Facebook, Kathleen, she says, oh, look what we did 10 years ago, five years ago. That brings me healing. And you'll love this one, I think. Some of you will identify with this. Healthy and relatively happy children with full-time jobs with health insurance <laughs> brings me, and hopefully them, happiness and healing. That's what I used to joke with. When they get jobs with high life insurance, or not, well, life insurance too, but health insurance, that's a big step. So what's on your list? What are the, think about the things that bring you healing, and that will give you a clue of how you can bring healing to others when we expand this idea of curing the sick is more than first aid. That's important. But the healing goes beyond that, and we'll talk more about that next week in the parable of the Good Samaritan. So how can we bring healing to others? By helping arrange moments of healing, but most importantly, being able to say to others, the kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom of God has come near you. And more often than not, we won't be using those words. But we will be sharing that message with others by the way we treat them. The kingdom of God has come near you because of the way I'm treating you. Treating you with God's respect and kindness, with God's patience and forgiveness, extending the love and joy of peace and peace of Christ. So here's the good news. You gotta, I had a professor uh, in seminary always say, your sermon's got to have some good news in it. So here it is. I'm not going to send you out to go knock on doors this afternoon two by two. Now, I have to say, if you got chocolate thin mint cookies, you're welcome to come by the rectory. <laughs> I want those Girl Scouts to keep coming. They don't come so often either. I'm not going to send you out. With even our LDS friends going beyond the biblical model, we all need to be aware of the new ways we can be sharing God's good news, the new ways people are receiving any kind of news. And ECA is already doing that. You know, you have a podcast now. You have a podcast. You have YouTube. You have Facebook. I mean, think about it. I haven't seen any since I've come up here, so I think this is true. Telephone booths and books are gone, but we still have calls to make. I haven't seen any Western Union offices when I've driven around here, but there's still a need to share the written word. That's what really frustrates me. Newspaper racks are gone. And if you don't get to the Safeway in time, the papers are gone. And someday, home delivery is going to be gone. But there are a host of new ways and platforms to deliver and receive the news. And there will always be a need to share God's good news because people are hungry for it, people are starving for it. And our world is starving for that good news that can make all the difference, all the difference to someone's life. For us, 
A balanced diet includes scripture and bread and someday again soon, hopefully, wine. Like the early church is described in Acts, we all need the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of the bread and the prayers. We need that. That's why we're here. We need a community of faith beyond, of course, those times when we have our individual faith. Or we are watching, and I'm not putting that down at all, watching, because I do it too, the National Cathedral or wherever, or watching at home today. That's important, but nothing can replace this. So let me conclude by reminding you of just three things very quickly. First, by our baptism, we are all missionaries of the gospel. We all have a ministry, in other words. Mission and ministry is whatever we do with God and in God's name. Remember Jesus said, quote, I chose you, I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Second, we serve on different front lines in this missionary work, in different situations with different people, and people as close as your family, your friends or neighbors next door, to the stranger you encounter at the Safeway, or on a vacation a thousand miles away. And we use different methods in our ministry and our mission with the different gifts God has given us. And third, this is what I really want to focus on, what ties our mission and our ministries together is healing. We are bringing healing. That's the bottom line. I mean, it's a wonderful prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace, but suppose just for today we substitute, Lord, make me an instrument of your healing. And to say those words when we get up every day, how can I bring healing to this world, to someone today? And healing comes in many ways and forms, but it all leads to the joy of knowing the peace and the presence of Christ. Curing the sick happens when others can hear and others can know and feel the promise. It's right on the cover of your service sheet today. The kingdom of God has come near you. We want people to know that when we've left them. So we sing, I come with joy to meet my Lord, forgiven, loved, and free. And then we want to say to others, and so can you. You can be forgiven and loved and free. You may not use those words, but that's the message of healing that we're trying to, to spread. The Lord appointed 70 others, and guess what? Our name is on that list. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen.